G'day there and welcome to the rewrap for Monday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking Breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB. And this morning, uh, the All Blacks, it turns out that they are the worst team uh, that we've ever seen play for the All Blacks, probably. Um, Takeaway inflation, uh, what's happening there? And uh, speaking of fast food, uh, Harry Styles' chicken nugget. But before any of that, this health crisis, have we fixed that yet? You know, waiting times and staffing and all that stuff. Accountability, yes. One of the most important attributes of leadership. So if you if you have a mandate to make decisions, they must be defended and the decision maker must be held to account. This government doesn't want to be held to account, of course. The Aged Care Association, they wrote to the health minister, their warning was the industry was on the verge of collapse. Extraordinary words, the verge of collapse. The job gaps are now so great, it's dangerous. We've seen a facility in the hut with a state-of-the-art dementia unit simply close in recent weeks. Closed, gone. No one working in it. Can't do it. Andrew Little ignores it all. 30,000 are currently on the waiting list for surgery. That's not the base waiting list. That's the waiting list of people who missed the four-month target. Andrew Little ignores it all. As regards aged care, a bloke called Chris Fletcher wrote to Little about the crisis. He's a former DHB head. Little, who tends to get angry when confronted, said last week when it was suggested to him he had ignored the letter. He said, quote, A letter from an advocate is not evidence of anything. It's evidence of a letter being sent. That'll help things a lot, won't it, Andrew? If Andrew stopped being angry long enough to offer some sort of defence, I assume he would spruik his new new centralised health behemoth, which appears to this point to have achieved less than nothing but cost a fortune to get to that point. The one announcement they have made is to get everyone on a waiting list onto another list with a date. You get a date for your procedure. doesn't mean you get the procedure, just a date. And that's little. And that's this government, isn't it? Basically, paper shuffling and announcements. The fact you've got a date to their mind is an answer, even if it means you might die waiting for the date to arrive. Meantime, an entire aged care industry is collapsing in front of our eyes with the main problem being labour, as in workers, and no sign of them. Just another of those famous brush-off-the-problem one-liners. Oh, the border's open. All of this is a direct outworking of the COVID response. The lockdowns, the hermit kingdom, and this is the health part of the price we are paying. The COVID response, eh? Another thing they won't be held to account on. So, I mean, you, sure, you can say all this stuff and make these complaints, but what have you actually got the stats and facts and figures to back it up? Ah, oh, oh, you have. Oh, right. And to give you a small example you're reading over the weekend, you see this one, Hawke's Bay, just Hawke's Bay alone and just knee surgery. Knee surgery in Hawke's Bay, one type of surgery in a small region of the country. Waiting time, 206 days. 206 days. 151 people in Hawke's Bay just waiting for knee surgery. All 20 district health boards, they've got to actively tackle that. So they've written to the 7,500 people waiting longer than 12 months. And they're going to give them a date. Fabulous date will solve all the problems. Must be ortho stuff, eh? That's one of the bad ones. The knees and so forth. A lot of stories coming through of people waiting for knees. Because, uh, um, yeah, I... Uh, I mean, I can't tell people about this enough. I can't share enough about how I had a colonoscopy the other day. And they just love hearing about it as well. I've got pictures. I can show them pictures. And I didn't have to wait very long for that. And that was all public. So colonoscopies, yes. Knees, not so much. Uh, right. Now, the All Blacks, uh, I, I think... It would take more than a few new knees to sort out their issues. I fear a week of hand-wringing and whinging has already started over the All Blacks. Now, the saddest thing about the season so far 
Is our desire to pile on in with all that's wrong before we actually pay some respect to the teams that have got stuff right? Ireland and Argentina are magnificently improved teams. South Africa has always had the ability to upend us depending on where we play. Now, that doesn't excuse our lack of success, but in a match with two sides, the side that wins generally has done something pretty good. Then the obsession with Ian Foster. When a side loses, the players lose. Now, I know a little bit about the world of accountability. This program is the most successful radio show in the country by quite some margin, both in audience and revenue. If and when things don't go right, it's not management's fault, it's mine. Management's job is to provide me with the environment in which to excel. They provide the support staff, the mechanics, the mechanisms required to get a program on air. Once it's on air, it's up to me. Once you're on the field, it's up to the players. If the players haven't been given the plan or haven't practised or got the various support mechanisms, then that's up to them to bring that to the attention to the management, get it fixed. At the elite level, if you don't know what you need to win, you shouldn't be there. If you don't have what you need to win, you need to get it sorted, but once those boxes are ticked, it's up to you. The fact Moanga missed kicks on his home ground on a perfect night is no one's fault but his own. I wonder also if a little bit of psychology isn't at play here as well. When things aren't going right, it's easy to start overthinking. It's easy to get a bit down. It's easy to give up. It's easy to be despondent. It's easy to second-guess yourself. Maybe that's why Geordie Barrett was trying to kick a ball 60 metres when he didn't have to, if they'd all been a bit more upbeat about their prospects. And when you're not 100% in the head, the other side smells it and they want it more, and that's why they win. You've got to want to win badly, sometimes even desperately. We had Sam Kane. Here's an example. It's a tiny example, but it's relevant. We had Sam Kane booked for an interview on this program last Friday. They rang the day before and swapped it out for Moanga. It turned out, if you were listening, to be Foster. They pulled Sam Kane because, as they told us, he was a bit tired. On Thursday, that's the attitude on a Thursday, then Saturday's result shouldn't really have been much of a surprise, should it? So, yeah, um, people sort of took issue with Mike's take there, and and they are blaming the, the All Blacks management, most people. Uh, but I think Mike's point was not that the All Blacks management is great, it's just that the players themselves are even less great. And then we finish the show talking about the Warriors, who have revealed themselves to be even less great. So, uh, yeah, as I keep suggesting, let's stop worrying about rugby and you know, turn our attention to art and culture instead. In the meantime, uh, maybe takeaways for dinner? Oh, no, can't afford it. What, are people pushing back at all or are they paying the price? They're pretty OK about it, actually. Um, I've been pretty reluctant about um, putting the prices up, but um, the customer base down here are pretty good. Um, I've got a lot of loyal customers. I've got a lot of people that come from all over Southland to support me. So they're pretty understanding. Good. Oysters? Oysters, of course. But unfortunately, Mike, you know, it's the end of the season. Yep. So on the back burner now until, what, March next year. But I've got something else. And I like your word before, gangbusters. Yes. It's called black gold. Which is what? Power. Power. So you got power. Power. Where are you power. getting that? Are you getting that legally, Diane? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> what are you selling that for? Two power fritters and chips. Uh, two power balls, because they're obviously oh, gourmet. Balls, sorry. <laughs> power <laughs> balls. All right, two 14, power balls four, and chips. Two power balls. Well, what are they? Uh, $14 for 100 gram. So two times. 28. 28. So make plus it chips. So that's you pretty you need to good. hire me. I'm good with numbers here. I hear that. <laughs> good luck to you. Lovely to talk, Diane. Go well. Appreciate it very much. Diane Williamson, who's the owner of uh, Galley Takeaways in Bluff. I'm so hungry right yeah, now. No, that's a major. Geez. Although, although all this talk of oil and fat and shortening, <laughs> I'm starting to think whether fish and chips is actually that healthy. Are they not healthy? Oh, more or less healthy than uh, chicken nuggets. 
How about chicken nuggets that have been thrown on stage from the audience? Trending now on the Mike Hosking Breakfast. Now, Harry Styles has been performing, as it turns out, at Madison Square Garden these days. The punters throw stuff at him, you know, like they did, they used to with Tom Jones. Anyway, the, the days of tossing your underwear, apparently, that's over. Is this a chicken nugget? Interesting, very interesting approach. Who threw the chicken nugget? It's another chicken nugget. I don't eat chicken. Sorry. I don't eat meat. First of all, this is cold. And I'm assuming very old. Anyway, apparently when you do all of that, uh, they want it back. You want it back? Why? Because. All right, here we go. Don't eat it. And don't bounce on the floor. God don't sake. go looking for it. We'll get you another nugget. People pay money for at, that. At that. At that point, do you not, as him, just. Exactly. You've got fans yelling at you to eat the <laughs> throwing chicken nugget. Do you not just sort of say, actually. I hereby announce my retirement exactly. from, from pop music. You it won't was see at the me weekend. Um, Olivia Wilde, who is currently involved with him, is in a social media meltdown with a movie she's involved with because she sacked Shia LaBeouf, but apparently he quit. But that was because she wanted to put Harry in the movie, and the co-star in the movie is a woman whose name I've forgotten is now unhappy as well. So as far as I can work out, this is this is your A-list hot chat that I'm giving you this morning. The A-list hot chat involves Olivia. I feel like we just need a, a couple more details. Harry, no. We're, Al- we're missing one of the, I think the, one of the detail, protagonists. The key detail is Olivia Wilde is a problem. Right. And, and she, Was it her who threw the nugget at Harry? Maybe? No, it wasn't because they're still in cahoots. But Sudeikis, who's her former husband, he's the good bloke. And she hates the fact he's been seen as the nice guy while she's wandered off with Harry and his nuggets. And Shia LaBeouf and the movie haven't gone well and something's... It's, it's, I'm no good at gossip. I don't do that A-list stuff very well. It was way more interesting when Katie bored me witless with it on a Saturday morning over breakfast. But I thought, geez, I could repeat this story and sound cool for a moment, but it hasn't gone well for me at all. And there, I think, is a lesson for all of us. In fact, several lessons. Maybe uh, we should ignore celebrities, you know, when they're not actually doing their core business, in this case, singing songs, not necessarily eating nuggets. And secondly, uh, definitely ignore gossip. That'd be my advice. I'm Glenn ZB. Uh, That was the rewrap, and we'll be back with more tomorrow. That's not gossip, that's a fact. (laughs) 